deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm Liz. And Liz. I am three for three on saying the intro 100% correct, not mispronouncing anything <laughs> at all. <laughs> what what episode three. number are we on? Uh, let's not get into that. Let's 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 focus on positive things like, oh, hey, sure. <laughs> we're, yeah, this is episode 81. Uh, mm-hmm. I've I've been saying what, a, what let's run down the list. I've said this is the Shriek cast, which I wouldn't say is incorrect, but it's not the actual title it's Let's just see. like a it's an alternative title it's kind of like an alolan form pokemon right Ooh, i like that yeah oh what did you think of the far-fetched evolution do you like I surfetched love it. i love it's it good. yeah i like it's his so attitude good. yeah he's he's a big old he's a big old duck with a with a sword with a lance absolutely, absolutely. good as hell uh but what else have i said i've said i've said podcast before i've said uh pod popcast probably sure i've said popcap i've said labsed fans mm-hmm. i've probably said la- labs faps or just i've i'm not so good with words all the time um so hey three three times in a row saying it right i'm feeling it i'm feeling I, myself i feel like you're psyching yourself out is the thing it's kind mm. of like i mean i'm this way and it's like if i'm um, playing catch, which I can't say I do very often, but but just just <laughs> that imagine you're it doing for a all moment, the you time. Know? I'm catch. just I'm I'm going I'm like hey hey everybody want to go play some catch? Yeah, um, and, and I go, go out to, to play catch shop. and I and I put on my um, my baseball mitt um, mm-hmm. to play some catch. Um, mm-hmm. And if someone throws the ball at me, I will catch it 100 of the time unless they say hey catch. Oh, and then I, I psych myself uh-oh. out. I'm like, I can't do it anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm, that's I I I've I've not had that experience with catch specifically, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, yeah. So I'm worried. I'm worried you're psyching yourself out with these intros. Okay. All right. I will. I will. I will endeavor to to put put this behind me. Hey, we're we're 81 <laughs> episodes in. I can say what I want. Everyone. People. People. If 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 people. If people are listening now, they're probably in in for the ride, right? Uh, sure, yeah. They're uh, they're not they're not they're not too worried about uh, about that. I've just been I've been thinking about that because we got that lovely bingo card made for us this weekend. No, and that was lovely, which is hilarious. Uh, it's very funny. Very good stuff on there. Um, but uh, yeah, let's 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 fo- let's not psych ourselves out. Let's focus on the positive. Hey, happy birthday to Hermione Granger, uh, aka the Joker. Yeah, and this is a big a big birthday for her. Um, today on uh, September nineteenth, twenty nineteen, uh, she turns forty. Is this the year she becomes the Minister of Magic, or is that last year? Oh, it is this. It is this year, Minister for Magic, as of twenty nineteen. Ah! cool okay so that's a big year for Hermione that's a big year for her and now I'm now I'm trying to remember is is that the is this the cursed child retcon or is because I I believe so so. okay because someone else it wasn't Hermione for the longest time who was like 
tap to be the next minister if i remember right i think cursed child like retconned or like revealed that information and like changed what it was she she did at post hogwarts i think i would be able to find out this information because i am on the hermione granger harry potter wiki however the wiki is written as if these were events that actually occurred so it is impossible to get any real information (laughs) okay so there's no like there's no like alternate timeline uh she she doesn't become the that's not on here i'm 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 looking um i swear there was someone else and she just became like an activist or something she focused, this, I've been scrolling for a long time. There's a, or a be- professor. No, was it a professor? There's a beautiful um, picture, um, and it is an edit of what looks like a photo of an otter made to look like a Patronus, and it's very funny. Um, <laughs> we, we, as we know, that's that's her her Patronus because it's J.K. Rowling's favorite animal. So beautiful, perfect representation of that uh i mean i guess i guess the main thing is that we we know that she doesn't really become the the minister of magic we know that she becomes the clown prince of crime the joker absolutely uh, there who, is who... there is a list on the wiki of her possessions like she like she's a D player character oh like stuff like, she listing has in her inventory stuff it's like vinewood wand bellatrix lestrange's wand time turner charmed handbag dumbledore's army coin revealer spell books dark arts textbooks magical theory and on and on read a skeeter in a jar spell a tape (laughs) dress robes these are all the things that you can take with you on your harry potter DD adventure is there ooh is there like an official did they ever make like an official harry potter pen and paper game there is not an official one but i have heard a rumor recently that there's like a knockoff um sort of like this is this is harry potter wink wink oh okay we we should check that out because i know i know like kind of in like the 2000s there was sort of like a resurgence of like official role-playing games like there's the there's like the dragon ball ones there's there's star wars i mean star wars ones have been existed for a long time but but they they keep on making new ones there's uh i want to say there was like there's some weird ones. There's like a Hellboy ones, I think, when the Hellboy hmm. movie came out. Like, like just, just real. There was a real glut of like movie merch tie-in role-playing games for a bit. So I was kind of surprised that Harry Potter is not one of those. Maybe J.K. Rowling said no. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for all we know, like you know, no Wiccans allowed at Hogwarts. Maybe, maybe she is still on that like Satanic Panic thing herself, and is like dungeons and dragons doesn't that make you kill people don't you have to like drink a cat's blood to play that no no thanks not putting my name on that do you remember being in school and there were those math problems that would happen and they would be like you have to find the extraneous information right it would be like timmy has three apples and and johnny has four and you know uh, Susie has three pears how many apples do they have in total um that is the entire trivia section on the the Harry Potter wiki. I'd like to read this little, I'd just like to read this little trivia uh, uh-huh. bit for you. Hermione's Patronus, an otter, is Rowling's favorite animal. The otter is in the family Mustelidae, the same as the weasel, although the latter do not live near water. <laughs> what? Who gives a shit? What, Who what? cares? What? Do what is, anything. Yeah, I... I know what I, an otter is. I imagine that has to do... Do you remember when... We were doing our research for the Mister, 
and yeah. I found I found the the like uh, the E. L. James fandom wiki that mm-hmm. had all the like BDSM pages, and like <laughs> I slowly realized that like every page that they had that was like about a specific like bdsm term or whatever was like half copied from wikipedia and half copied from like other websites and they just sort of like (laughs) jammed them together to like i guess like copy and paste different paragraphs and swap them around to make them not look like they were copied completely it was it's kind of like that i guess they just they found some cool otter information and and wanted to let everyone know yeah sorry for derailing you i just i've been scrolling on this page for so long um and i have no information about the question you asked me about 20 <laughs> minutes ago about about hermione's job i yeah I, so 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 i guess i guess it's official she's she has become the, uh, the minister of magic uh and uh and there's nothing we can do about it well, that the our the old information is lost to time yes yeah, it's, it's kind of messed up that the joker is the minister for magic well that reminds me of how a certain orange president uh, is like the Joker and is also the president in real life. I never thought think of it, it like that. Thank but you. But instead of green hair, his hair is orange. Right, yeah. And instead of Batman, there's Robert Mueller, who is going to save the day any any minute now. I think I think he's um in the into that in the pit that um Batman was in in Dark Knight Rises. I think that, I think that's where we are in the story here. Um he's he still has to he's climb out. Climb out. He's strength, the- he's regaining his strength. His muscles have atrophied, uh but he's doing he's doing pull-ups in that hole. That, that okay, <laughs> this is one hell of a tangent, but that is maybe one of my like I I am not I am not a stickler for like movies have to have airtight logic. Like if a movie, if a movie lampshades everything well enough, I'm good. (laughs) But I will say being in the theater and watching Bruce Wayne after having his spine broken, uh, do some pull-ups and push-ups and watch TV. (laughs) Like he has a TV in his cell that he's in, in that, uh, in that pit. So he can, so he can watch the news about Bane. Who threw a TV down there? Yeah, the, the the Bane like gave him a TV so he could watch, so he could, you know gift. like ah, like oh it's a twisted like oh I'm gonna make you watch me become oh, yeah. king of the castle or whatever. But there's just like this like montage of of Bruce Wayne with with presumably a a spine that is <laughs> either still broken or has like healed itself somehow, doing a bunch of pull ups and getting strong again, and then he climbs out of the pit. And right. And that was just one of the funniest things I've ever fucking seen. Just like, like the the restorative power of push-ups, I guess. Like, what a fantastic can, film! Fantastic movie. Christopher Nolan, the the visionary <laughs> visionary director for our for our time. It's true. Uh, speaking of visionary, mm. I have I have some news for us. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about the visionary website Bustle. Uh. Uh, the Christopher Nolan of feminist blogs, I would say. Yeah. Uh, Target's Harry Potter sock advent calendars for 2019 are a whole magic mood. What's the mood? Christmas? Uh, Socks? uh, Magic, I suppose. Now, the reason, I mean, one thing, just the idea of a sock advent calendar 
is is really good um but the reason i really want to read this is the first sentence in this article uh alludes to a debate i did not know had ever happened like in in history oh wonderful i love debates there is much debate over whether the harry potter series qualifies as a halloween movie or a christmas movie oh i knew i knew that debate existed this did you i don't oh, i don't yeah. i am really who uh, both... that's one of those conversations that happens like the same one that happens people are like is a hot dog a sandwich and my brain turns off so i have oh, nothing yeah. i have nothing substantial to say about it other than like yeah i guess the third movie is pretty spooky and kind of has a halloween vibe um also christmas happens in all of the movies <laughs> that's the part that's confusing so... to me is that both halloween and christmas happen in all the movies right so I guess both, like, like, like at least this feels just like a really warmed over version of the argument that people have about Nightmare Before Christmas. Or Die Because, Hard. like, that's at least a movie where both holidays happen and they're like right, the, the yeah. central theme. So it's like, oh, you can watch it on either holiday. This is just like, it's Harry Potter. I don't think it's either. It's, it's like calling. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could watch the third one on, on Halloween, and then at the yeah. end there, where they're back in time, you can point at the big pumpkins and say, like, ha ha, like big pumpkins, just like Halloween. <laughs> but then, but when it's at the Christmas part where it's snowing, you have to cover your eyes and 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 go la 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 oh, la la. Because yeah. yep, exactly. otherwise, you're ruining the holiday that you're on. You have to clear play the Christmas scenes right out of there. <laughs> Oh, there's a, okay. So there's much debate over whether the Harry Potter series qualifies as Halloween or Christmas movies. Uh, but one thing is indisputable. You're going to need thematic socks to enjoy it no matter the time of year. Mm. Is that indisputable? Indisputable. Uh, thankfully, Target's Harry Potter sock advent calendar just dropped, helping our feet <laughs> maximize their nerdery this year. <sighs> yes, that's right. Calendars, plural target saw that you liked those sock advent calendars from last year so they decided to roll out four different ones for harry potter fans to choose from this time around dobby they is released shaking four, with joy. Four, four different sock advent calendars specifically for harry potter i'm assuming they're house themed maybe they have to be right oh my god well here's the yeah I, I guess so because here's the opening of the next paragraph it's worth mentioning that there are in fact a total of 20 different sock advent calendars in target's arsenal this year i didn't realize this was such a thing is this something that i missed out on like everyone is so hot on these sock advent calendars i mean i know like i've noticed that advent calendars in general kind of came back recently which are they're fun i used to have a lot of fun with advent calendars when i was a kid there's like the Lego I, ones that are kind of cute. I don't think I ever had an advent calendar that wasn't just a picture. I'm huh. not complaining. I'm yeah. saying that I <laughs> I don't want to hear about these newfangled advent calendars. When I was a kid, we would open open the little the little cardboard door and look at a picture underneath, and we're happy with that. Yeah, I, I think I think the the thing I usually associate it with it would it would be like chocolate. Like you just get like mm. a little a little chocolate each day or something. Sure, sure. I'm um, sorry. For, I'm sorry for that that boomer energy I just brought to brought to the podcast. No, no, that's fine. Uh, sometimes, sometimes looking at a picture is all you need. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, I guess socks are the thing now. Uh, but they span from Harry Potter to Star Wars, 
to Marvel to Game of Thrones mm. uh, to delightfully enough Lilo and Stitch, but none That's of them delightful. have. I do like Lilo and Stitch. That's a good movie. I'm I'm my my I'm probably a, a, a an apostate Disney fan for sure. saying that like my favorite Disney movies are like Emperor's New Groove and Lilo and Stitch like that era. Lilo and uh, Stitch is extremely good. And I haven't I I have noticed that I feel like the Lilo and Stitch merch has been has been everywhere lately. Oh, having some sort of renaissance. Good. It's a good movie. It's, it's, a, it's a cute film. Mm hmm. Um, but none of them have nearly as much representation as the Harry Potter crew does. Yeah, that means there's a hundred pairs of Harry Potter socks, if I'm understanding this correctly. Sounds like it. Uh, and then th th <laughs> that's just wild. All four of the oh, here we go. All four of the Harry Potter variations come with fifteen socks. Wait, but you need twenty five. What? So what else is in there then? Because you need twenty five. It's an advent calendar. So, is there is there a corresponding photo of the advent calendar? No, no, because I don't think they're out yet. Fifth, oh no, it is okay. No, it is fifteen days. So they're they're cheaping out on you. It's Ugh. not even twenty five. It's it's not it's not an advent calendar. It's only God fifteen days. Now now I'm bringing boomer energy <laughs> to this. It's not an advent calendar if it's only fifteen things. We want to open. 25 doors and see 25 pictures please it's, tw it's 25 people come on <laughs> oh uh okay so yeah 15 days of socks 15 it's 15 dollars well i'm i i've lost my place now because i'm just i'm just uh just so incensed over the over the the lack of days here no i know okay here we go they're broken into four uh, four different categories. The traditionalist. Uh, this model comes that's not, equipped. That's not a Hogwarts house. <laughs> my, I guess my that's Slytherin. Yeah, yeah, that's Slytherin. Uh, trad, uh, this model the trad comes Slytherin. Uh, comes equipped with all your favorite standard Hogwarts fare, with a sock for each house, for the school, and for various iconic Harry Potter locations and themes. If you're mm. looking for a little taste of everything on the Harry Potter smorgasbord. This sock advent calendar. Oh, are these mismatched? Are these just like there's literally 15 different socks? No way. I think that's the case. I think it is 15 different socks and they're not I'm, paired. I, I feel like I'm getting ripped off and I didn't even buy this. Yeah, this I'm, I'm, I'm seeing I'm reading between the lines here. It's like, oh, they had a bunch of socks fall off the production line that they were just going to sell in Paris. Damn and they're it, like, Target. well. <laughs> uh, number two the color lover the socks in this set are a little brighter than the previous one. Oh, and this is okay so so they're they okay so bustle is describing these as like the traditionalist the color lover what? uh so the first one the traditionalist was women's harry potter hogwarts crest 15 days of socks the color lover <laughs> is women's harry potter owl 15 days of socks <laughs> <laughs> I'm Plus, get one un of these. unlike the first one the patterns on the four socks for the hogwarts houses all match okay yeah so the first one they're just all mismatched this one has four that do match so two pairs uh and then 11 socks that don't match this one's a little bit more linear and focused with pops of red and yellow it's it's hogwarts but make it fashion uh okay. num number three the adventurer 
And in this one, they have fucked up the link, so there is no title for it. It is http slash slash www.target.com slash p slash women's uh, women's Harry Potter castle 15 days of sock. Advent calendar <laughs> colors may vary one size A54651251. Mm-hmm. If you're a Harry Potter stan, as you already, uh, odds are you have already more than a few socks in your drawer devoted to the boy who lived. Oh, I hate that phrasing. (laughs) 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 Oh, your devoted boy sock. Uh, In that case, this set is probably for you instead of the standard sock fair. It has a few unique looking ones, like a muggle-born sock. Oh, yeah, that's super fucking unique. A sorting hat sock and even one for Privet Drive. Uh, They do include a picture of that one, and it just says Privet Drive. It's just a sock that says Privet Drive. Wonderful. Then finally, number four, the Hogwarts student. Men's Harry Potter 15 Days of Socks in a Box. Socks colors may vary, 6 to 12. This box of socks seems to be entirely Hogwarts themed, uh, with more than one pair of socks devoted to each house. Uh, Its whole vibe is back to school wardrobe for wizards and witches. If you're looking for a solid option to match the rest of your Harry Potter merch, this is the way to play it. Granted, all of these sets are Harry Potter fans' cozy dream, so you can't really go wrong no matter which one you choose. That is, unless you take too long to hit add to cart. In years past, these have sold out faster than skiving snack boxes on a Hogsmeade weekend. You are so right. This is 100% those like value pack of Magic the Gathering cards that you can get at Target yes. that are like definitely just like packs that have been opened that they had to like repackage and put in like a blister pack Mm -hmm. with just like a random rare that didn't sell from one of the like planeswalker (laughs) decks and they're charging like 30 dollars and they're like big value 100 cards yeah yeah exactly and this is this these are all socks that were like meant to go just on like the normal merchandise shelf but they all they fell off and they had to (laughs) They had to come up with something to do with these mismatched socks. Uh, I think my favorite part of this is, is uh, so the, the four boxes, the first three, which are all the women's socks, I would say are like normal Harry Potter merch designs. They have the Harry Potter logo. They have like a picture of Hedwig. One has a picture of Hogwarts. They're just like, they look like normal merch. Sure. This one that they're saying is the boys one has the word Quidditch in a, big like gothic font on it uh and and uh (laughs) and like a big wreath on it it just looks like a different product entirely just like what what a boy's like uh they like quidditch so put that in a huge block letter font and stick (laughs) that on there so they'll know they're not there for the they're not there for the girly shit like Hedwig. They're there for the privet drive the, for the sports. Yeah. Privet drive socks. No, thanks. I need a boy sock. <laughs> I need my 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 sock dedicated to the boy who lived. <laughs> thanks, Bustle. Devoted boy sock. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, <laughs> that, I, so I are you going to get the get one? No, no, I don't. I I don't. I don't think. I don't think that themed socks, like like a themed jersey, a themed hockey jersey with Snape or or Sauron 
Rivendell or something right, on it. Yeah. Absolutely. Themed socks, not, I'm just, I, I'll just have normal socks, please. I is, think. is there a price tag on this article? Like, what is this going to cost me for 11 uh, mismatch, mismatched socks? $15 per. So it's a dollar per too sock. bad. Dollar per sock. So I guess it's not the worst. But if you're a collector, that means you're going to be paying like $60 for all the socks. I was thinking of maybe spending $15 and doing the advent calendar um, and, and making a little video for each one, but Ooh. then throwing each sock right into the garbage can. <laughs> hey, that sounds like some good content. If you want to if you want to be our reporter on the ground for the for the sock experience, which so which one would you go for? Are you a traditionalist? Are you an adventurer? Are you are you, are you Quidditch? Um, I think I'm probably an adventurer. Okay, I feel like that's so, going to have the wackiest of the socks. Yeah, probably. That's that seems like a safe bet. The adventurer one, yeah, contains uh, the Muggleborn, the Sorting Hat, the Privet Drive. So yeah, that's probably got all the weirdest stuff in it. So okay, so yeah, keep an eye out for the adventurer pack. It has Sounds like it's going to sell out fast. Yeah, uh, let's see if they're even still available. Adblock has prevented the following page from loading. Okay, well, we'll check on that later, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's 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 talk about our reading. Bloody how about, hell. How about we we do that? Why not? Yeah, let's do it. Um, this week we read chapter thirty-seven, "The Lost Prophecy." I'm going to put a little disclaimer in front of this one that mm-hmm. this is a this whole chapter is a conversation that takes place between Harry and Dumbledore, and it is all in one setting. They're in Dumbledore's office, uh, just kind of hashing it out. So that's that's the whole thing. Um, but I've tried to m- p- compile a list of kind of the most relevant info um, in Dumbledore's monologue here. Uh, we, we get right into it, and Harry has portkeyed to Dumbledore's office, and he's alone. He's waiting while... Dumbledore is, I guess, wrapping things up at the ministry. Harry's pretty upset. Um, pretty upset that Sirius died to get kind of uh, a general idea of kind of his mental state and and how miserable he is. And is is kind of it's kind of di- dawning on him how embarrassed he is, and also that it's really kind of his fault. Um, the uh, portraits of the previous headmasters are all there, and and they've because Dumbledore sealed the office, no one else has, has been in there. So they're asking Harry some questions, but he's kind of unable to answer. They don't know what's going on, but they're asking him if Dumbledore is coming back. So he tells them, yes, uh, Dumbledore finally arrives. The portraits are really happy about that. Um, and Dumbledore kind of starts to try to talk to Harry, uh, but Harry gets uh, very upset and starts yelling at him and breaking his stuff and doing the, doing the teen. You don't know how I feel. Uh, screw you, Dumbledore. Um, and Dumbledore kind of tells him that he's right. Uh, this was his fault. Um, and that kind of calms Harry down and, and makes him more willing to listen to what he has to say. Um, so we get to hear the story of what has been happening kind of behind the scenes uh, this entire book, which is that um, Dumbledore at some point uh, realized, or at least has known for quite a while, that the scar that Harry has connects him in a psychic way um to Voldemort and Dumbledore became worried as soon as he kind of ramped up his his spy master responsibilities that Voldemort would pick up on his relationship with Harry being kind of more uh more of a mentor and 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 such um 
than just like a headmaster and student, that Voldemort would try to use that to his advantage and, and spy on Dumbledore or worse, um, possess Harry and, and make Dumbledore fight him or something. Uh, so Dumbledore decided that he would use, he, he would respond to that by acting like he didn't know Harry. <laughs> I guess, and being like, we, we don't know each other. Um, and th- that way, like maybe Voldemort won't break into his head. Uh, that was not true. Um, and so, uh, so once Dumbledore found out that, that Harry was kind of uh, getting possessed by Voldemort and having those, those emotions, um, Dumbledore set Harry up with occlumency lessons with Snape. Um, but, but Dumbledore is kind of, kind of taken it. Uh, he's saying like, I, I screwed up. I didn't realize that Snape couldn't, couldn't kind of put that, um, rivalry behind him and, and neither could you. And I should have told you the truth. And, and he's doing that kind of whole routine. Um, and then we kind of find out, um, that while Creature was missing around Christmas, which Harry remembers being worried about, um, he had taken um, what was a literal order from Sirius to get out or go away um, to give him permission to to leave the house. And he went in contact with the Malfoys um, where he, he told them and as a result told Voldemort some kind of vital information um, that Harry's connection was not with Dumbledore, but it was actually with Sirius. And so that if, if Voldemort used that information to manipulate Sirius, he could manipulate Harry. Um, and that's, that's what he did. Um, Snape did end up getting Harry's coded message um, during the uh, fight in Umbridge's office um, and did go out and look for them in the forest, but kind of realized what happened and contacted the order of the Phoenix to go, go after them uh, at the ministry. Uh, Harry and Dumbledore fight a little bit more um, because Dumbledore kind of says something offhand about how um, Sirius didn't treat Creature with respect. And and Harry says, like, are you saying that that's his fault? And kind of they have a back and forth about that. Um, Harry tries to kind of turn the blame on Snape, but Dumbledore kind of explains that Snape um, alerted the order as soon as possible um, and also provided Umbridge with fake veritaserum. Uh, when when she was interrogating Harry earlier, um, it feels like a hundred years ago that we read that chapter. Um, Dumbledore also kind of says, I think what is partially <laughs> a theme of the book, which is that the fountain at the ministry that broke apart with a wizard and the witch and the house elf and the centaur is a lie, and that wizards have been mistreating other beings, um, and on and on. Uh, we get the we get the explicit reveal at this point where Dumbledore says, you know, I'm going to tell you everything now. I've been putting it off because you were so young, but I really just have to tell you the truth. Um, and I was foolish not to earlier. Uh, Harry has to live with his aunt and uncle because of love, blood magic that his his mom died. And, and as long as he lives with with his blood relatives then he cannot be harmed by Voldemort um, at their house. Um, and the reason that Voldemort tried to kill Harry as a baby is because of a prophecy that Sybil Trelawney made to Dumbledore in the hogshead that was overheard um, by a mysterious person at this point who only heard the, the beginning, which was the one with the power to vanquish the Dark Lord approaches, born to those who have thrice defied him, born as the seventh month dies. And that's all that he heard. So Voldemort showed up to try to kill Harry, but he didn't hear the rest, which was that the baby will be marked as his equal and will have power the Dark Lord knows not, and either must die at the hands of the other, for neither can live while the other survives. 
Um, that's the big reveal. It ends with Dumbledore saying to Harry, uh, that's why I didn't make you prefect. You had too much to worry about. And then he cries a single tear and then the chapter's over. <sighs> what a what a thrilling and moving one act play this chapter was. Right? I I have had such a roller coaster with this book in these last few chapters where I I feel like because we have been complaining about how awkward and clumsy uh this book's attempts at becoming like a like a serious espionage story have been Mm-hmm. uh it's it's almost like like we mandela affected our way into like making the book change in into like something else entirely and it just became an action movie for a while yep and and now it's it's trying to tie all that stuff together in just the weirdest way i i had to read this chapter a few times to really like because I felt like there was stuff I was missing or like, I, 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 I don't really know. I just, I read it and I was like, well, I, I don't quite get why any of this is here because most of what this chapter feels like to me is making explicit a bunch of things that I think audiences could be trusted to pick up on anyway, if that makes sense. Yes, it uh- to my weird bouncing off of this chapter was was yeah that being told stuff that i already kind of instinctively knew mm-hmm. sort of like it's like the the books have guided you through the ideas like pretty pretty explicitly so it feels weird that this is even a reveal yeah the the weirdest one to me being the Dumbledore sitting Harry down and being like, "Okay, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna tell you some real shit. Uh, the power, the magic power that you have that Voldemort doesn't is love." And I'm like, "You that was revealing the first book, like like we right. we've we've done that reveal, uh, and and pinning the story on uh, like on, on like hanging that story on that like already." revealed concept feels so strange when there were a bunch of things that like felt like they were just like callbacks to that already like when you know when when voldemort is inside harry's head and then uh uh, harry thinks about missing Sirius, and then he blacks out and it turns out voldemort thought that was gross and left like that felt pretty self-explanatory like that that felt like it was confirming the thing we were told in the first book already and did not need to be reconfirmed in a it like in a weird way that frames it as new information yeah i it doesn't fit the tone very well i would have i would have expected frankly the opposite like i i would have expected that to like if these stories really are going to be like very serious and very like oh harry harry is kind of stepped into the mist and his world is upside down and he's realizing that that things are are (laughs) messier than than he thought as a kid like that's all like pretty familiar ground to tread with stories i think and so to not have dumbledore say like actually we don't know like we we don't know why or like what the fuck is going on right like yeah yeah or yeah or or at least 
because it's weird that he frames it to Harry as like, I've got to tell you some shit that, that, you know, I should have told you a long time ago. And it's like, but you did tell him this a long time ago. Maybe not like in as specific detail, but like it, it's weird that that was the reveal that came and not like, hey, I told you a long time ago that like you've got the power of love or whatever, but things are actually a lot more complicated than that. Uh, and 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 who knows? Right. Like it, it's. It, it, yeah, it, it feels it feels like it's going one direction and then all of a sudden slams on the brakes and goes back. I mean, again, this is something we have been complaining about all through this book and the last book somewhat that the that the um, attempting to bolt on these murkier themes uh, is is working awkwardly with something that was initially a children's story. But I don't know if the answer was uh, reverting to children's story morality, right? Like it, you're too far gone in that in that other direction. You can't you can't pivot back. I don't think. Yeah, I it 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 just it feels like the the tone of the conversation that Dumbledore is having with Harry doesn't match the stuff that Dumbledore is saying. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Especially because I mean that's that's this whole scene, right? Like like. I joked about it being a one act play, but it really does kind of have that vibe of like, this is these characters getting into some real shit. And it's almost a little bit, um, in any, in any other story, if this kind of thing, if you like got to this kind of chapter, like this would feel like the, Oh, this is the meta episode, right? Like this is the, Mm -hmm. this is the episode where the characters talk about, like the story you know this is this is your uh evangelion uh final episodes this is your sure. breaking bad episode where they're chasing the fly around right like this, this is th- th- like like it has that that feeling of like okay we, we we're just going to take a chunk of time get these two care what was that was <laughs> Dumbledore is flowy from Undertale yes! is what you're telling me. Yes, exactly. Yes, 100%. Like, this is the part where where the, the characters rap about what the story is about. <laughs> but it doesn't really do that because, A, they're hashing over information that we already know. And, and there's no... There's still... I, I did not come away with this chapter with any real, like renewed sense of what this story is about like there's that part where where dumbledore is like hey remember that statue that was a symbol that w- that is so awkward i puzzled over that for a long time because it felt so bizarre and out of place and i'm like what is he <laughs> saying it's... like what is because really like it, it is this back and forth where harry's like oh so you're saying it's sirius's fault that creature killed him and dumbledore's like no and Harry's like, yeah, but that is what you're saying. And he's like, well, remember the statue? We don't treat other beings right. And then it just is left there. And I'm like, what was that conversation? Yeah, what is he talking about? Because uh, that is such a weird, that is such a strange conversation for Dumbledore to be having when he he owns house elves. He owns like a fucking army of house elves. And he's nice to them though. He's he's nice to them. He's, he's, he's nice to, to them one. so they don't they don't turn into the Joker and uh, and and laugh <laughs> hysterical laughing while they plot your demise. While they think about crime. Yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. Like like th- that was such a weird moment because on the one hand I appreciate 
that it that the book at least acknowledged what a what a potentially interesting symbol that was. But also it feels so unearned because as we have kind of combed over extensively covering this book, this what what this book has to say about racism is like a big question mark. Like like it, it like it's not the, the the symbol and what Dumbledore says about it is a very like crystal clear image of a theme, right? And and I I think it's an interesting one, but it doesn't really earn that because nothing the book has explored with those with those ideas has come close to like really highlighting what it is that the symbol uh, represents right like like all the work the symbol and dumbledore's one sentence uh allusion to it uh like like all of that as bad as it is does more work to like explore that theme in an interesting way than like any of the centaur stuff in this book did or the house elf stuff in the last book did and it's extra confusing because it's like oh this this the statue is a lie like we we treat house elves like shit it's like but but all of these books have been about how you should you should respect that the house elves like to be slaves which is what wizards do so which is it even here, even here where Dumbledore is like like refocusing our attention on this symbol and this theme that is happening, I don't know what I'm supposed to think about it in this specific situation, right? Sirius died, and I'm supposed to be like, yeah, if he was nice to, to his house elf more, who who is his magical slave, um, he wouldn't have turned turned him in to be murdered by <laughs> the wizard Nazis. Like I don't I don't even know what i'm supposed to think about yeah that's a really weird one for a lot of reasons like first of all creature is not not uh bound to serious by either of their choices right like Uh like serious does not want a slave uh and and creature fucking hates uh serious for like defying the black family right so like it's not a it's it's very strange because it's it's not a case of uh serious being a hypocrite who who you know says one thing but still owns a slave it's like he literally cannot not own this slave <laughs> he, like he is through through the bizarre nightmare logic of the harry potter universe he is in possession of a of a servant that he does not like or want or need uh, well, yeah, and then we also get just this casual information dropped on us out of nowhere that that like these slaves cannot defy their masters, right? Like magically speaking, I don't think we knew that before. I think it was like kind of implied sometimes. I think it was vaguely implied by the way Winky and Dobby behave when they do, but it but it wasn't a like right, but. But that's like they magically can't defy you except when they can. Yeah, because because the, the their their inability to, to defy their masters uh, in in previous scenes has nothing to do with like a like a magic spell that like uh, uh, makes them unable to say something that's a lie or whatever. It's just that when they when like it's so ingrained in their culture and their like upbringing that like defying their masters makes them want to hurt themselves. 
like that's that's what they do but that's not magic unless it is i guess which is maybe what this is trying to say i mean dumbledore says explicitly that it is an enchantment it's so confusing yeah because it because it is it is the it is the loophole right that creature used is that sirius said get out and he was like oh i can I can do the the genie's trick on you and take <laughs> you literally at your word. Right, yeah. And do something to harm you. Yeah, it's so I like I I really don't know what this is what this creature stuff is trying to say. And like it, it I on the one hand it feels weird to get hung up on, but on the other hand it's like a weirdly large chunk of this conversation which is also this chapter is entirely this one conversation. And I yeah, it's it's a, it's an odd way to frame it because I on the, on paper, I don't I don't disagree with the premise that uh like if if Sirius was like truly like like creatures horrible like slave owner who who was a big hypocrite and treated everyone nicely but still owned a house elf and loved having a house elf and like that was his down like that you know if that was like the whole story was crafted around this mystery of like who betrayed who and and why and it, and it all came down to the butler did it right like that would make sense there's a sure. cool story there like this is what is so i mean this is something that has has been a problem in this book a lot but this is like the ultimate version of it dumbledore is describing a really good who done it to harry that we did not get to participate in <laughs> Like if if this was if this was a story if this is a story about like wizard class relations and and Sirius met his downfall uh at the hands of his house elf because he you know he would never suspect that his house elf would would betray him and he like loved owning a house like blah blah like there's a really interesting story there that's not the story that this is and so bringing up the statue of like ah harry did you notice the statue was a symbol of how we oppress uh, uh oppress the elves and you know and, and and the class system is so horrible it's like yeah dude but like that has never mattered like the concept of slavery is a joke in these books it's a haha funny like like isn't it funny that the that the elves don't want to get paid so you can't you can't suddenly switch to this like story about how uh he was he was undone by his his mistreatment of his of his magic butler like what the fuck um also the like end story about creature isn't really like oh he was mistreated it was just that he loved his former pureblood supremacist owners way more yeah yeah i mean like (laughs) this this is this is so many of JK's favorite things muddle into one horrible cocktail. Like like this is this is both her trying to tell a story about like how bad slavery is in a book where she's also been making a big joke about how funny slavery is uh if if uh, if a cute little elf does it and wants to. But also is a story about how if you are mean to Nazis uh, they will just do more Nazi <laughs> stuff. So, what if there was? What if you had a Nazi slave? Like it's, this, this, <laughs> this is like the ultimate. It's the ultimate. This is like the ultimate. Like 
this is that Tumblr like make a wish like like what if a kid what if a kid wanted to say the n-word and and they were gonna die like would you let them this is like okay what if you had a what if you had a slave but they were a nazi is it okay to be mean to them like it's it's so like what the fuck is she talking about like what and, and like at the end of all of that which we have to accept second hand as some events that happened that we didn't see in a whodunit dumbledore just looks directly at the camera and says remember the symbol from earlier <laughs> and it's like what what are you talking about like it's so frustrating because i honestly really do like some of the ideas that come up here at literally the last second in this book like if 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 this book had like stuck to the espionage thing and had just ended with like, if the last third of this book was a really compelling whodunit, like about Sirius and creature and the class struggle in the wizarding world. Wow. That sounds cool. That sounds like a great fucking story, but it's sure it's not. It's, it's, <laughs> it's what, what if you had a, what if you had a, had a slave baby, but they were also a Nazi? Like, is it, is that okay? Is it okay to have a slave then if they're bad? Like, what the fuck is this chapter? <sighs> wow. <laughs> I don't I, understand. I understand completely. Oh, jesus christ there's so many things like that i mean there's the uh the 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 idea that um again like like speaking of things that like might have been good mysteries if they were handled better this uh voldemort and dumbledore really are fucking stupid aren't they like this, I this... felt very vindicated by Dumbledore's entire explanation of this chapter. Like he just comes out and says, "Like here's how dumb I had to be to make this book happen." <laughs> how dumb both of them had to be. I still, I can can you tell me without like without like diving back into the chapter right now? Does Voldemort want to kill Harry or not? Is because I. I don't understand how how okay the prophecy is important and he needs to figure out who it is he needs to kill to get his power back or whatever uh or to like solidify his power <laughs> but every time every time he has encountered Harry he's just been like well fucking whatever I get I like I don't need you like I'm gonna, like like we were joking about that in the last chapter but it's really even funnier now when he's like he sees Harry and he's like oh fucking god damn it you're here like I, I, I don't need this like I, I'll just kill you like what what is motivating Voldemort right now he wants the prophecy but if he had killed Harry while trying to get the prophecy he would have won anyway and he's been trying to kill harry for four books now five books so uh, as far as i can tell okay so let's start at the beginning yeah, right harry's yeah. a baby yeah harry's voldemort a baby hears, voldemort hears the words the one with the power to vanquish the dark lord approaches born to those who have thrice defied him born as the seventh month dies and then he stops listening right yeah. he doesn't know anymore so he's like okay i gotta kill this baby it backfires he's like oh maybe there's more to it right <laughs> but i will <laughs> also like, mm. still try and kill this baby again just well, in case well yeah he spends ele 11 years and then i guess 12 and then he's gone for the 13th year trying to like come back to life yeah 
And he does that in 14 years. And so for the entirety of this book, he's like, okay, there must have been more to this. I have to find out what that is. Although I guess he forgot that in the fourth one because he was going to kill Harry, right? He was, but at that point, he probably should have been like, oh, our wand's connected. There must be more to this, I th- like what I thought before. <laughs> but I guess in this book, he, he, was, he like saw him and was like, I'm so fucking sick of you. I like that he is like he is he has had a dramatic showdown with Harry four times now and has never put together that maybe this is his like destined rival. Yeah, let's talk about that, because here is a problem that I'm having with the prophecy, because this is supposed to be the big reveal, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's a is there like a term for a book making explicit what you already know but you like didn't know that you knew it you know what i mean like i'm reading harry potter as the reader this is very meta this is flowey telling me all of this i'm reading (laughs) harry potter evil wizard guy shows up to kill harry at the end of the book every time so i know as a reader based on like the that it's a kid's story and i've read stories before and I I just have like an instinctual knowledge that of course Harry and Harry or Voldemort is going to win at the end of the, of the story, right. right? It is biz- it is a truly bizarre feeling to have that be a reveal in the canon of the story because I already know that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or yes. I mean, it, it's it's certainly not unique to Harry Potter to do that, but the way it's done in this series is very strange um i mean you know there's plenty of stories where there's like a chosen one and a and a, and a dark villain and someone utters some variation of like oh like you know like there, there are so many versions of the like well one's a lot like like while both are alive like like one's one of you is gonna kill the other and that's just fate right like there, that's sure that's, that's but but you're right there is there is something more explicit that this book is doing which is not only making that literal, it is pinning an 800-page novel on the idea that that is going to be an exciting reveal. Like, like telling you that, yep, you're right, this has fantasy book tropes in it, is like worth going through 800 pages to discover. When you definitely like you say already know those things because you are a reader you have read a story before you recognize these uh these classic storytelling motifs right like yeah it's it's super weird it it hinges it entirely on harry's reaction right because if it isn't a reveal to me the only thing it is left is a reveal to harry right because Harry doesn't know that because he's a character in a book, right? Right, he's not, sure. He's not reading the book. Um, I, don't, I don't have a whole lot of faith that it's going to have enough follow through with Harry as a character being told this information. It's just a kind of unclear what that because when previous to this information and, and like the explicitness of the prophecy, I agree with you like like there you you kind of just inherently understand that this is a story and like either harry or voldemort is going to win right like like they are going to keep on facing each other and trying to kill each other 
what makes that so strange is this idea that like if if that is if that is codified in this universe why does that not manifest as anything because when it because if it, if it goes unsaid it just remains an element of storytelling right like I never question why the villain and the hero keep on meeting each other for cool, cool showdowns in any other story when it's not like explicit that they are fated, uh, you know, hero and villain or whatever, because I can just assume that, right? Like it's a story. I understand it's authored content that's trying to express themes and, and, and ideas to me. Right. Sure. Yes. Uh, in in Harry Potter, making that suddenly the explicit and not only like explicit, but like the uh, entire um, reason for the story at this point suddenly makes that really strange. Like it, it makes you think about that and not in like a meta textual way. It, it it just makes you think about like, well, wait, what does that what does it mean if if uh, uh, none can live while the other survives? Like is is Harry going to start? like having having gut problems is he is is voldemort <laughs> gonna drop dead like what what's what's ha- what does that mean is reality gonna be like torn asunder if both of them stay like th- there's so many honestly not to be the, re- the the perennial rewriter here but like there's some cool ideas here that you can work on like like are maybe maybe they start merging into the same person which sort of happens except that's more to do with the horcrux thing which is a whole other can of worms that we haven't even gotten into in this book yet like maybe dumbledore needs to sit harry down and be like hey uh if you turn 18 like before voldemort kills you or you know or or something like the world ends or something because like these two because like you're sharing the same soul or whatever and like some 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 bad reality breaking shit is gonna happen so we we better figure out something like there are so many ways to at least make this an interesting idea of a reveal or at least just raise the stakes in some way create any stakes at all that okay yes that that that's 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 a really good way to put it it is you this is such a weird reveal to have when it is not raising any stakes not we nothing nothing is heightened by this reveal Mm -hmm. not nothing nothing changes because of this uh uh there's no new ticking clock there's no new uh uh we have no new understanding of the world we just have a more explicit uh 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 textual piece of evidence that yes indeed this is a chosen one story yeah it 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 creates a a bizarre effect reading it because it's hard not to read it and be like that's it yeah yeah, that's 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 what I meant when I was talking about how like I had to read this a few times because I was just like, what am I? Did I miss something here? Like like what's what's the big what's the big deal? I I mean like like the I guess the really the only thing in here that feels really worth having this sit down is Dumbledore's like attempt to comfort Harry by taking the blame for Sirius's death. But even that gets really convoluted and strange and like. Yeah, I'm, and that apparently just transitions into Dumbledore saying like, actually, it was Sirius's fault. 
So yeah, what do you think of Dumbledore after all this? Like, is is this? Is I this... don't know if he's supposed to come off as such a jerk as I feel like he is. It, yeah, because I I I was reading this going like, oh, is this like the is this the heel turn for Dumbledore? Is this where we learn that he's not like the most trustworthy character in the world? But it ends on such a saccharine note with that, like, I I thought you had so much going on, so I didn't make you a prefect with a single tear. Like, that description is so uh, uh, fawning that I was like, okay, no, we're still supposed to think that this guy rocks. Like, I just think, I feel like Dumbledore um, is, like, what people think of him reminds me a lot of when people thought there was going to be a secret season of Sherlock. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like I read this and I'm like, no way he's so dumb. He must be evil. Sure. Yeah. Like there must be something else happening here. And I, I don't think there is. It is so f- this idea that like, ah, I was worried that Voldemort was would think that we were tight, so I was an asshole to you all year. Is so funny because how would Voldemort? I guess Voldemort really is stupid because he bought it. But like, what what does what does Voldemort think Dumbledore and Harry's relationship is already? Given that Dumbledore has like explicitly come to save Harry from multiple scrapes like four times now. Also, it did work, but what was Dumbledore's like next plan? Like, what did he? What do you think Voldemort was gonna be like? Oh, I guess I guess Harry and Dumbledore aren't best buds. I'll give up now. <laughs> I'm just not gonna try anything else. I'm just not gonna try anything else. And I definitely can't think of any other uh, ways to get the prophecy. I think this is maybe my most nitpicky thing, but I I think it's worth getting into just because the. The story wants you to believe that this is this is such an air an airtight reveal uh, that that I I I really feel like it, it's worth questioning that. Um, so I guess we do get the one little nugget of information that like only the person the prophecy is about can pick it up off the shelf. <laughs> so you know i guess knocking it off the shelf is just fine but but picking it up directly off the shelf that's a no no <laughs> um uh-huh. voldemort or lucius and, and both of them i suppose were like oh you think voldemort could just walk into the ministry of magic and take the orb that's stupid we had to concoct this elaborate plan to do this to get you to do it um one we already know that apparently the Ministry of Magic just has no night staff. Nope. Zero. And then also, uh, we have, I'm just kind of counting here. Let's see on my on my hands. Uh, at least three established ways for characters to uh, secretly get places in disguise. There are, invis- sure. there are invisibility cloaks. There's Polyjuice Potion. Uh, he c- We know that uh, Voldemort is really good at teleporting. Uh, I and I and also he can teleport inside the Ministry of Magic because he does it all through the fight. 
So it's not. Uh, don't don't forget that Dumbledore said one time to Harry in the first book, "I don't need an invisibility cloak to be invisible." <laughs> right. Yeah. So so <laughs> so the idea that like we 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 there are a lot of modes of stealth in Harry Potter. Uh-huh. I just I I I I resent <laughs> the like how close I am to like a CinemaSin style critic here. But seriously, does does Voldemort not have access to any of those things? Does he not like twelve uh, year olds made Polyjuice potion in book two? Are you telling me that like the Dark Lord, Wizard Hitler, was like in his in his like shadow cabal room of twelve Death Eaters, and not a single one of them was like, "Well, we do have this potion that we could make uh, and make you look like." bode or rookwood who is on our side by the way jugson jugson to get you in there uh and you can just pick that damn warb up and walk out but go at night because there's no guards there but just in case there is uh, be disguised as someone on their side and we're good to go like (sighs) it feels silly to bring up but on the other hand this book is so self-satisfied with its conclusion here that i can't not go wait a minute hang on a second right like like yeah i think it's the shelf i think it's picking it i can't i can't get over that he's like you'll go mad if you pick up a prophecy that isn't yours off the shelf (laughs) so So is it so is it the shelf is it's so specific it it really that has it has such last minute rewrite energy like like ah i can't think of anything oh you're right that is a plot hole they could have oh, just fuck. Got, fuck oh it is a plot hole like i can't i can't just have it be a normal shelf uh, i guess you go crazy if you touch the shelf wrong if you're the wrong guy like it yeah it just it it, 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 it you cannot treat these things like like incredible reveals or, or like you know these 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 neat bowstrings that you're tying on these like ideas from this book when I my immediate thoughts are like nearly all of these things is hey wait a minute wait a second hold on now I think the fatal flaw is um is Harry and Hermione knocking all of the other shelves over yes totally. honestly honestly knocking all of those over and have them all playing the prophecy for like and, and it's and it's done because it's like cool it's like there to be an action sequence yeah and and I think that's what I get stuck on because I don't right. need to I don't need to know the mechanics of how it works I don't need to know the exact shelf spell sure. that makes you go crazy if you pick it up off the shelf no. and your name's not on it mm-hmm. but as soon as other characters are destroying that the prophecies like willy nilly with yeah. no consequences it makes me I don't know about that one yeah it's it's it, it feels. I th- I think if I had to like sum up like the whole last quarter of this book is it just feels rushed, which is a really odd thing to say, because this is the one where she was like adamant, where it's like, I will not be working under a deadline this time. Uh, whereas uh, it, it, it's, it's you know, as, as many problems as I had with Goblet of Fire and how aw- oddly arranged that book was. I definitely don't think the ending felt rushed. If anything, the ending felt like too, like it was too clean, right? Like it took its goddamn time getting there. Um, this just feels like, like basically as soon as the Umbridge stuff happens with her in the woods, like 
it, it just has like the feel of like 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 someone at the Oscars being played off. Like, oh, we okay, we now we've got to go to the Ministry of Magic. Let's go. Come on, come on, chop chop. We've got to we've got to wrap this story up. And I'm like, wait, hold on. There's so much else going on here. What's what's the deal? Why are we skipping past this apparently a whodunit that's happening off screen somewhere? Or it, it's it's very confusing. I had a weird moment reading this chapter where I remembered that Umbridge both existed and was like a main antagonist. The main in this villain. Book. Yeah. Like the main villain, really. Yeah, yeah. There's a moment where I'm like, oh, right. Yeah. Umbridge. Like, because they go over in like explicit detail, like the scene with Umbridge and Snape. One thing, I mean, like this, this is less, this, this is less of a problem because, you know, Harry is pretty dumb, but it is really funny that Harry was like, and Snape didn't do anything. It's like, how, come on. <laughs> come on, Harry. Come on, Harry. Snape knew what you were talking about. Like, there, <laughs> there was that whole, there's a whole description of it. Like, oh, he had a, he had a steely look on his face. And then he said like, oh, I have no idea what he was talking about. Like, did Harry really take him at face value there? I guess Harry is really dumb, but that that was kind of funny. Yeah. Um, uh, just jumping around in this chapter a lot. Um, it's good that we got an update about everyone at the ministry <laughs> is fine. Um, if anyone was wondering, if anyone's been on the edge of their seat, Ron was indeed in the brain room and was indeed fine. He <laughs> The third update on off-screen Ron's antics. <laughs> Still fighting brain, but good. He's fine. He's good. He's fine. Uh, uh, Hermione, also fine. Uh, mm-hmm. Tonks, also fine. Might need to stay in St. Mungo's a little longer, but it's fine. Right. It's totally fine. I think... Everyone's fine. Everyone is just just dandy, apart from Sirius, who's, who's dead. Everyone yeah, else... Well. Just, just, just having, just having a blast. They, they went to the brain room. Uh, they, 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 you know. God, sorry. I just had a moment. I just completely. I read this chapter three times, mm. and I just now remembered in the mid- middle, like mid sentence, <laughs> just remembered that we also get the reveal that the uh, there's the mysterious love room in the. In the Department oh. of Mysteries. <laughs> I'm sorry, I left out the mysterious love room. Yeah, that's the one that they couldn't unlock. <laughs> Why not? Why couldn't Harry go into the mysterious love room? What's if in that's the, his magic power. What's in the love room? Yeah, it seems like if anyone's allowed in there, it's him because he's got the he's got the power. Maybe maybe you have to be 18 to go into the love room. Yeah. Good, cool, good point. Don't they? They do go into the. Isn't that where the 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 uh, Amortentia is or whatever it's called later on? I have no clue. I think I I vaguely I think we do come back to the love room later on, which is very funny. But yeah, really? like just I have you, no memory of that. Yeah, I think we I think we do. I think I think the love room becomes a thing again later on, which it, the reason I remember it is because it is it is such a funny piece of the literalization of the themes in the story that we've been talking about, <laughs> just like the way Dumbledore describes Harry having the power of, of uh, magic love in him was like, like, ah, there's a room devoted to it in the, in, in the department we were in. You couldn't go in there, but, but boy, howdy are they, the boys in the lab are hard at work on figuring this love shit out. Uh, 
They're working on it. It's there. God, it's so boring. <laughs> it's so funny. They have, the, they have the time room, the love room, the brain the room. The death room. What is the brain room? All of the other ones are very thematic. What's the brains? Is I, that mind? I, yeah, I guess like the mind. The, the Why do they have tentacles? Intelligence? I don't know. I think it honestly sounds like you could you could combine the brain and the love room if 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 they wanted to to make it more interesting. But yeah, I don't know. Love is stored in the brain, probably. Yeah, it just seems like it seems with it. I, yeah, I, I I couldn't tell you. Um, this is a very minor thing, but it's something I did find extremely funny. Uh, in that one chapter a while ago, we were laughing at how the one painting i think it was phineas was like well i don't agree with his with all of his opinions but you can't deny dumbledore's got style or whatever yeah um the way all the portraits are like hey where's dumbledore where's, where's dumbledore at like have you heard from dumbledore like they, damn they think dumbledore is cool they love having their friend dumbledore around i was thinking a lot about the portraits because i know we've had this discussion before about how it just sure feels like the portraits are people and there's nothing to like suggest that they aren't. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking how eerie and cool it would be is if the portraits could very clearly not develop new ideas or or like realize new information. Right, like, like if it was a per, if it was a person, because you're taking a snapshot of who that person was. Oh, sure, they yeah, they yeah. They couldn't like intake any new stuff, and the reason I thought of that is because um, Sirius is revealed as dead in this chapter, and Phineas gets upset. Yeah, because it's like his relative. Or he's whatever, like straight he up, a, yeah, he's yeah. straight up alive. He has feelings. Yeah, you're right. It would be real. It would be kind of cool if it was almost like a. I don't know, like, like to me, that's like, like the beginning of Blade Runner, right? Where it's like you're you're asking the painting, you see a turtle on its back in the desert, and what do you do? And it like doesn't have a concrete answer for you, right? Because it's it's just a snapshot of one person's opinions, right? Yeah, I like that. And, that's and, a... and I feel like that would be like such a cool thing that doesn't need to be like you don't need to dwell on it right like the story doesn't have to be about that but it's things like that that i really enjoy in in, in like even kids books that kind of like hint at something more sinister feeling like something is a little bit off about about surroundings so that feels like a big missed opportunity to me yeah that is really strange i i think for me the weirdest part of it is that like it is very odd watching harry have this breakdown over losing someone in the middle of a room filled with living paintings of dead people. Like, like why, what, why couldn't, like, why isn't he being like, damn, Hey, Dumbledore, who did you commission to get these? What do they charge? Uh, do they do, do they do furry? Can I get a furry commission of my Godfather? (laughs) It's alive. (laughs) Like, I, I need I need a I need a painting of his persona and I need him to have his beautiful hair. I need I need my handsome godfather as a painting. But like seriously, like like what it is so weird to see like you know, there are a lot of things where 
this, this was never a problem with like the Miravera said to me or, 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 or you know, even the paintings in the first book didn't bother me, but it's the close proximity. Having a scene where a character is melting down over losing someone and also having one of the paintings be upset that they've lost someone and no one is like, hey, wait a minute. I have an idea. Can someone... Can- <laughs> I, I have something that'll solve all of our problems. Why can't what what is stopping Harry from getting a serious painting? That would be he a nice probably. gesture from Dumbledore. I mean, Harry is rich. He could probably afford a he could probably afford a magic art commission or whatever, but like, I don't know, maybe Dumbledore gets him a serious painting for, for his birthday or whatever. Be like, yeah, and he can he can talk to the painting and the painting can be like, it's not so bad being dead. <laughs> don't even worry about it i'm t- i mean like i'm i'm just here in a painting but i mean other than that it's pretty cool i can go to other paintings there's some nice paintings here i could go on vacation to someone else's frame it's great like i i just really take issue with phineas even being able to be upset about something that just happened because that just makes him a person right yeah they that, are just like if you paint something are you like creating new life because it's <laughs> obviously not them but they're just flat people Ah, uh, yeah. What, like, where the what's what's Hermione's crumb action figure up to? Nice. <laughs> <coughs> oh my god. Yeah, uh, it, it's one of those things that like just would not matter in a in a story that like did not keep jamming these things together uh, so often. But like, I mean, this is just a constant problem with Harry Potter is it can't decide how final death is uh there and it's supposedly about that but it feels very unaware of the elements that it is putting together yeah 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 but yes the i think this is like the strangest uh manifestation of that stuff so far it's just like well hang on a second why phineas is just like a a, an alive dude he just happens to be live in a frame but like he he just he's not upset about it be about we being don't, a, we don't being a picture yeah know, it no. doesn't seem to be like a problem yeah he has no like existential crisis it's i mean the way the way that the paintings are described you know like like uh uh, uh circa can like travel between paintings and like hangs out in other paintings it just sounds like they're having a good time the fat lady mentions like having tea with the other paintings at one point yeah it's, it sounds like they're just like on the other side of a they're like people on the other side of a window honestly like it's it's kind of cool uh yeah. but but doesn't really jive with this uh this harry having this insane meltdown there's that part where harry's there's the part where like dumbledore's like what you're feeling is normal and it's what makes you human and then harry has the uh complete brick of a line that i don't want to be <laughs> human anymore what to which i mean? would love a painting to just say like whoa you could be a painting it's cool here what what kind of non-human creature is harry going to become a vampire that, vampire potter that almost like that was that supposed to tie into that theme i don't know was 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 that supposed to be why dumbledore was like like was like ah harry like you don't want to be another magical creature because we treat them like shit but i i don't <laughs> i don't think i don't think that really do, it does I, I think it's just a bad line that he had 
I can't really I, tell. I'm I'm not sure. I read it in a weird way as being Harry kind of getting in touch with his his dark side, his Voldemort side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But f- to what end? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I. Felt, I yeah. I. <sighs> this is just one. Of the, we, we, we've had a couple of these chapters where it's like it's it's just it's difficult to talk about in chronological order. And I just kind of want to like. Have a have a have a struggle sesh about the whole thing, right? Like it's just there's so many little weird details like that in here. Like Harry, Harry's weird line about not wanting to be human anymore. There's a lot of all caps shouting in this. Uh oh, Dumbledore's yeah. single tear. Dumbledore is mm. like on honestly infuriating, like like Harry saying, like, I'm mad, and Dumbledore being like, Yes. You are. He kind of did a little bit of a palpatine routine. He yes. He sure did. You're like, oh, like, oh, if anyone, you know, you just des- I I deserve all the abuse you're hurling at me. Like, ah, oh, just mm, give it to me, Harry. Tell me what a fucking jerk I am. I'm so it sorry. And I was like, what is actually happening here? It was it was very, very Palpatine. It's, um, it, he does come off as like kind of evil, though. Y- yes. And it, it's strange because I don't think he's supposed to. I th- I think we're earnestly supposed to buy his apology here. Like, like he, he's just like, oh, I'm just, I'm just so stupid, but it feels so manipulative. And like, I mean, as we learn later, I think we are supposed to eventually think that he is being explicitly manipulative, but that's like not until, I think that's like not until the end of book seven, where like Harry has that conversation with him in the matrix limbo train station. And it's like, uh, like you were you actually weren't all that great were you and he was like oh well it was for the greater good you know <laughs> who can say I, I so i think i think it only becomes explicit then but i could be wrong maybe, maybe this is supposed to be the I, I i couldn't really get a grip on it I, I i really couldn't figure out whether he i was supposed to be repulsed by dumbledore here or whether i was supposed to like earnestly buy that he was sorry and apologizing I think it needed to lean into it more if I'm supposed to think that he's evil. I, I It feels like an accidental byproduct of Dumbledore saying the theme at me and telling me about symbols. <laughs> it's, it sure is weird. It, it is it is very. It is very weird to square this chapter's Dumbledore with the one last chapter who was like being kind of a psycho to Voldemort. He's being yeah. like, oh, there's things worse than death. I'm going to I'm going to fuck you up. Pull the horn. Like, <laughs> fuck like you what? Up. Yeah. What's up, dude? Yeah. Like, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I didn't I, I, I didn't come away with this with like a strong idea of like what this book was trying to convey about Dumbledore, about the themes in general, about like what death means in this world, which is really odd because this chapter really is presented like like here here is everything here is all the information tied up in a neat little bow here's answers to so many questions that we've had this whole series so far but it just doesn't get there really can we i i'm dwelling on something and i know we touched Mm. on it a little bit and Mm -hmm. it's the creature story Mm -hmm. yeah why why did we have to be told about that it's like, so frustrating. It really comes off as Dumbledore being like, hey, 
this crazy thing happened (laughs) and you just kind of got to take me at my word for it. And I'm not saying that we have any reason to not trust Dumbledore exactly, but it feels bizarre. I mean, I I think it, 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 it fits perfectly with your read on like, he's, he's accidentally a little Palpatine here. (laughs) This is like, have I ever told you the story about creature? Uh, (laughs) wild story because it's like harry is in the throes of horrible grief right yeah and then dumbledore just cuts in and is like yeah creature told me all about how he killed sirius and was laughing the whole time yeah isn't that fucked up isn't that fucked up dude but it's sirius's fault for being mean to his <laughs> his fascist slave question mark <laughs> oh god it's so confusing oh it's so fucking confusing this is a story this is a story where uh where where you are you are an idiot and a fool if you think that the elves who are slaves should not be slaves Mm -hmm. but also if you happen to have an elf (laughs) slave who is like an actual nazi murderer guy you still got to be nice to it like what I don't understand what the, what what are you trying to say, Joe? What is this about? What are you what is this for? Uh, what is this a metaphor for? I can't like a, I mean, congratulations, I guess, on inventing I'm just inventing from whole cloth an entirely new uh, uh concept <laughs> in like a, a thing in history that's like never happened, I guess, but like what? <laughs> what what, what? <laughs> I'm losing it. Yeah, I don't I don't fucking get it. Um the the I think the weirdest thing about the whole creature story that Numbelore tells is uh you know, like like both of us have said, like like it's he's kind of ta- telling a way more interesting story to Harry than what we got mm-hmm. to read. And I have to go back to my criticism of the pensive stuff from book four, which is that this series feels honestly like it's being like taken out at the knees by the fact that it cannot ever conceive of telling a story from another character's perspective. Like, like being locked into Harry's POV the entire time just gets more and more disastrous for this series as it goes on because JK Rowling is trying to tell this like very complicated, like political web story, but can't because we can only see it through the eyes of a 15 year old boy. Uh, And so whenever some other cool shit happens somewhere else, it just needs to be relayed to him by someone else. And they have to be like, trust me, it was crazy. There's a whole other story here uh, that you were not part of. Um, You know how J.K. Rowling has said that Dumbledore is her favorite character? Yeah. And and that kind of like came up. I'm I'm developing an idea here because we know that Fantastic Beasts is kind of about Dumbledore, sort of. Yeah. Book five. This is a story about Dumbledore, and I am I am now in this moment imagining what this story would have been if it had been entirely told from Dumbledore's perspective, and that's the whole story. 
every single thing that happens, all of this like intrigue stuff, this like encounter with creature where the reveal of who the villain of the story is, which is creature is all happening to Dumbledore. Dumbledore showing up to fight the main villain. (laughs) It's all Dumbledore. Like this is, this is Dumbledore's story. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Like the entire thing. He made the mistakes that led to Sirius dying. He yeah, he's he has made more conscious choice like he he chose to have Snape teach Harry rather than himself. He chose to avoid Harry's eye contact constantly. Uh he chose to uh uh like lie to the minister and umbridge to buy harry time like he he is the character who is driving the story you're right yeah he every every major plot beat in this story happens because dumbledore made it happen it feels like the entire outline for what happens in order of the phoenix was written down as if this story was going to be told from dumbledore's perspective and then at the end of it she was like okay now I have to write it all from Harry's perspective. Wow, that is a really interesting way to look at this. Huh. Because yeah. it's a pretty cohesive story from Dumbledore's perspective, yeah. right? I mean, he's a huge yeah. dumbass, but like, what are you going to do about that? Um, I mean, it would, it would honestly, you know, if we, if we were privy to Dumbledore's thought process and feelings, it would help alleviate that a lot right we would have known boat or whoever and dumbledore would have like felt responsible because he like put him there to guard the thing he knows what the thing is we would have been there when arthur weasley got attacked like all of that stuff if we had been with dumbledore the whole time yeah you're absolutely right that is the big big, like midpoint escape being forced out of the school and like losing control and having to like flee yeah 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 every every we would get to see his conversation with the centaurs and 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 friends like yeah and make that decision to install friends at the school versus leaving him at the forest like all all of that stuff hagrid's mission that he puts him on and getting like reported back to from hagrid (laughs) Uh uh-huh wow this is just dumbledore's story this is dumbledore's novel that is really fascinating. I yeah, I had never thought of it that way, but you're completely correct. He is he is the he is the driving force behind every major scene. He makes the most active decisions in the story. I mean, imagine the he, reveal in the office when like Dumbledore knows that Harry's running a club, but he's kind of running like like interference a little bit but then umbridge drags him in his office and he sees the piece of paper that says dumbledore's army the whole time and it's like ah shit yeah huh wow that is yeah that is so true yeah i i'm just like all the pieces are falling into place and i'm now imagining a way cooler novel honestly like that, I mean, I'm sure, man, that would have been controversial. Like if, if book five came out and she was like, oh, by the way, this one's not from Harry's perspective or whatever. But like it, it would have served if if this was the story that had to be told as is 100 percent, then that makes so much more sense to tell it that way. Or at I least mean, she's sick of Harry, clearly. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. like he doesn't have anything to do. Yeah, he never does anything. He's never he's never making nothing. Any... Nothing that he's doing is interesting. Right. 
Yeah. Or drives the the story in any way. The closest thing is the Dumbledore's army stuff, but then that was mostly Hermione. Like she she spearheaded that whole thing and was most passionate about it. Yeah, and even then it's mostly told in like retrospect. Oh, Harry's in a good mood because Dumbledore's army is going well. Uh Like, okay. (laughs) Cool. Cool. Yeah, that is so funny. I yeah, I, I, I just think like like every nearly every major complaint I have with this series, not just this book now, but like this, this whole series just comes down to like there are key moments where it would have been dramatically uh, better to like widen the scope a bit uh, and and include include some other characters in the in the um in the, in this in the story as as a point of view characters because we just are now getting the story where like jk rowling is clearly piecing together cool ideas for like mysteries or like uh dramatic scenes but can't get to them because harry has to hear about them from someone else and that just sucks all the life out of those things yeah, and I mean, I guess there's there is like if there was more interest interest in making a story for Harry, like okay, center the conflict more on him though, like make him have a have a motive to get <laughs> get orb and make Dumbledore an antagonist, right? Like yeah, make, make him like this opposing force for Harry. Yeah, if this was like a being teenage motivated re- to do stuff. Totally, if this was like a teenage rebellion story where like everyone like Dumbledore and everyone else is like no orb. And Harry had the orb dream in like chapter one. He'd been having them all summer. And he was like, I'm going to get orb. I'm going to get the fucking orb. I'm going to get the fucking orb. And that was the whole book was him like trying to concoct ways to get orb. Like that would work. Yeah. I guess like asking. He's like, oh, my new defense against the dark arts teacher doesn't want to tell me about orb. She just wants to teach (laughs) from the textbook. And I'm keep being like umbrage. Tell me about orb. And she's like, shut up. Read your textbook. Read your book. No orb. I I think that is less interesting. That that does not um, strike me as, oh, I want to read an 800 page novel about that. But (laughs) at least it pretends to have interest in Harry's motivations and like position as the character that we we have to follow maybe maybe Sirius could help him get orb he's like well i'm supposed to be part of dumbledore's army but you remind me of my friend and then then it's like a weird like there's that tension there of like i'm not my dad but he wants me to be and uh, that all works right those elements are all there and it's like Sirius also rebelling against dumbledore because he and then that's a tragedy right he's a kid he's gonna go find orb with harry yeah he's tired of being stuck in there and they go on like a butch cassidy shootout at the end and that's when he dies protecting harry from bellatrix yeah there you go there's there's if it had to be from harry's perspective there's your story but yeah as as is (laughs) this is dumbledore's story that is so funny to think about like just just every every plot element here is so sin because like it is it is literalized in the sense that like when Harry appears in Dumbledore's office, all of the paintings are like, hey, where's Dumbledore? Like when, <laughs> when, when whenever Dumbledore's not on screen, all the characters are like, oh, where's Dumbledore? Where is he at? <laughs> like, I can't wait to talk to Dumbledore. I mean, with Umbridge being a main antagonist realistically other than hermione caring from a like philosophical standpoint about what umbridge is all about 
and Harry wanting to learn about how to be a soldier in in class. Uh-huh. He he is not opposed to Umbridge. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't like go to Ben's class and be like, "Why aren't you treating teaching me the real shit?" Right? She <laughs> is, she is much more Harry, opposed Harry to Dumbledore. Goes to Ben's class and is like, "I don't give a fuck about any of this. I want you to do some Mythbusters shit. Let's see. Let's see if a Glock can pierce plate mail." <laughs> <laughs> but but like if you look at umbridge as like an antagonistic force it, it's it's her and dumbledore's power mm-hmm. struggle yeah it's it's like the bureaucracy versus dumbledore who has always been very lackadaisical right like yeah that make, that's a conflict my mind is expanding yeah i feel, I feel like i solved it i feel like i figured it i figured <laughs> out order it. of the phoenix i solved it you solved it uh yeah i I think I need to get some more coffee and let this uh, yeah let it let, percolate let, a little bit. Let my brain continue to 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 expand and and like a big sponge and realize yeah, what a cool good. book this could have been. Yeah, yeah. Let's take a little break and we'll uh, we'll come back with uh, with some Mugglebet content. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Uh, we we've had quite a brain blast shared on this on this episode together. We've yeah. shared we've shared a revelation in real time about about the book, uh, and and about J.K. Rowling's writing in general. And it's it's kind of a, a beautiful coincidence because I have two little articles here to read about those movies that we know and love the fantastic beasts series Mm. but they might not be what you think uh we you know uh we've been talking a little bit about like hey what's dumbledore up to what's his personality uh is he evil is he good is he lord palpatine yeah and i think that you know that's that's one way to classify things but like i don't know would you what 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 personality type would you describe uh palpatine as uh intj absolutely he, palpatine is is maybe one of the greatest intj characters ever written mm-hmm. um and the good news is that uh uh the the fantastic beast series has plenty of interesting personality types uh for people to write articles about our first one here is about i'm really dragging this out because i love this headline so much picket the bow truckle has an infp personality wait i actually guessed it wait really i i I, no well no i didn't i thought i thought i was making a joke about the personality types you you completely and you just rolled with it and i was like okay whatever my whatever (laughs) my stupid joke (laughs) no i no i i i i instead i i caught the joke and i sort of like swirled it around in my hands like a cool dragon ball z energy orb (laughs) and then fired it back at you (laughs) I got it thrown right back at me, like when um when Yoda spins around the Senate chair and throws it back at Palpatine. <laughs> exactly. Picket the bow truckle has an INFP personality. If you've never heard of the Myers Briggs personality test, if you've never heard of it, if you if you're on the internet and you've never heard of the Myers Briggs personality test, 
It's an amazing way to understand the personalities of the people around you. Is it? Uh, I thought it would be fascinating to focus on one character in particular and discuss what it means to have a specific personality type. We're looking at Picket the Bowtruckle from the Fantastic Beasts movies. The quiet, lovable, shy little Bowtruckle is lovely in his special way. To learn more about Picket, we're discovering his personality type and what goes with it. Okay, so that was like four of the exact same sentence mashed together there. I'm already having a bit of a brain problem reading this. I feel like I am oftentimes very flippant, and I'm trying to be a little less so in this particular way, which is where I jump in and say, no, they're not a character. And I feel like that's unfair a lot of the times when I say that. (laughs) Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But in this case, I really want to jump in and say Pickett is not a character. <laughs> Pickett is a CGI creature that like makes a funny face sometimes. Yeah. Uh, uh, I would like to take this opportunity. When was the first time you encountered Myers Briggs? Like when 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 was your first run in with like the INTJ stare? When did you like first see that? That's a good question. I don't I don't have I guess I don't know. It, it feels like it's just it probably just felt so natural that it's been with me this entire time. Ah, yes. Yeah. So, well, because, of course, because you you have the INTJ stare. Exactly. So you found out about it and you were like, ah, I don't need to I, 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 I need not concern myself with this anymore. I know exactly who I am. I knew I know I knew all along. Right. Exactly. My real answer is that I have no idea. I feel like it went around. Let me think. It wouldn't have been MySpace era. Live journal, maybe? No. I want to say that I encountered it for the first time on Facebook. Okay. So I don't know. I was Maybe I was late to the game. I know exactly where I first encountered it. And the more I think about this, the more insane it is, honestly. Yeah. I had to take the Myers-Briggs personality test for for a class in college and i'd never heard of it before that's terrible news <laughs> it's terrible news it was part of my art class oh they for whatever fucking reason decided that the best icebreaker activity for the class on like the first day it just wasn't the first day this was like within the first week of class sure was that we would all take the Myers-Briggs test and talk about our personalities and then group up based on them. And I really have this vivid... Because uh, it felt like it wasn't just like an icebreaker thing. It felt like the teachers were trying to impart some like earthly wisdom onto us. Oh. And... The main thing they kept hammering on, like during this, uh, 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 like, like test where we, you know, we were like going around and 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 grouping up with the people uh, we were we were, uh, you know, the same type as, and then after that we would uh, like meet up with people who weren't the same type, and they kept on hammering in this thing about like, uh, like the first thing we want you to do is to look each other in the eyes for a whole minute because. We live in, and like I'm, I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but this is more or less what they, what, what the professors were saying. Uh, we live in a society, and no mm. one looks each other in the eyes anymore. Uh, and so, I feel like that's getting mixed up with this other pop science thing, which is like a like a couples counseling 
yeah an idea that like oh if you're having trouble in in the bedroom like sit down and and make eye contact for a minute and you'll get horny (laughs) yeah it was super surreal because it was just like well for one there's lots of reasons why people might not like making eye contact with each other that's not that's not a personality type thing uh but second of all it was it was just surreal being like this is an art class can you just like teach me how to draw a circle please like can you can you just show me how to draw the damn owl i don't i don't why why are we doing this um so that's that is what i will always associate the myers-briggs personality test with is is being yeah that's forced. a nightmare i i yeah. i would i would not enjoy that i do not i do not want to um canoodle with my fellow intjs and and how would that even go we'd just be sitting there staring at each other it's like putting two beta fish in a tank. You'll oh, just fight. I know. I know. Yeah. INTJs, they can't they can't be left in a room together. All the, fucking... all the palpatines and the doctor houses and the yeah. the uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock's. Um, <laughs> we'll just tear we'll each just other apart. Together. You can't have that. No, absolutely not. But Pickett is undoubtedly an INFP. This stands for introverted, intuitive, feeling, and judging. Also known as the mediator personality type, INFPs prefer alone time to being surrounded by a group of people. Newt has stated that Pickett prefers hiding in his pocket rather than being around other bow truckles. Rarely does Pickett leave the safety of Newt's pocket, and when he does, he only interacts with Newt. While we don't know exactly why Pickett is so shy and quiet, we love him for who he is. And then there is a gif of Pickett, and it just says in big letters, bow truckle. Hmm. Another important aspect of the INFP personality is the intuitive and emotional nature. How many times has Pickett run back to Newt's pocket to hide because he's become emotionally distressed? I don't know. I've I've only seen this movie twice, but I could probably say like I don't know three times that happens in the movie. Yeah, it's maybe not two like, or three. It's not like a long series. You can count it. Um, how many times has Pickett run back to Newt's pocket? Despite their tendency to withdraw from everyone, this personality type develops deep bonds with a few chosen people. We see this in Pickett's relationship with Newt. Pickett trusts Newt far more than anyone else and rarely does he leave his best friend's side fun fact infps are known to be able to communicate and learn many languages which would explain why pickett and newt appear to talk to one another but that pickett learned english (laughs) pickett's like an animal he's like a cat he's a little creature INFP personalities are compassionate and sensitive. Pickett certainly seems to peek his head out of newt's pocket when he believes his friend is in trouble or feeling sad Pickett is aware of the world around him, methodically absorbing everything that's happening. Pickett may stay close to Newt for another reason. Like many introverted personality types, Pickett bonds closely to those who are like him. He recognizes a kindred spirit in Newt, someone he relates to. Newt's personality is similar to Pickett's, and the two friends recognize that they're searching for people just like them. Bonding with similar friends is a common trait among INFPs, and Pickett does this too. Uh, Then there is another gif, which is just newt holding picket and the subtitle just says picket so we have bow truckle <laughs> and we have picket mm-hmm. the the incredible dialogue relating to this character this deep deep character that that's a lot about picket already gives someone a natural affinity for alone time and can be hard to make friends oh there's when you're more. an ifp <laughs> there's oh there is much more when you're an ifp uh this is even more challenging each personality type is very distinct and picket is no exception Newt reassures Pickett during Fantastic Beasts that he doesn't think the other bow truckles will bully Pickett. This could be interpreted as a clue to who Pickett is. He is different from the other bow truckles, probably because he's more introverted and prefers the company of wizards like Newt. 
It can be difficult for INFPs to make friends, but when they do, they are often important and lasting relationships. Pickett's a, a much deeper character than I initially realized. I mean, I don't mean to take this so seriously, mm. but I just wish for people to know that Pickett is in the movie to tell us about Newt's character. <laughs> yes. Which, to be fair, uh, what it tell what what Newt tells us about himself in regards to Pickett is that he is willing to trade him to the Goblin for information about the fucking uh, what's it called the Goober. What's the what's the horrible monster <laughs> they're chasing? Don't remember. Um, we also <laughs> learn about Newt that he will indeed lie to his friend once they are reunited and say, "I was never going to give you up." <laughs> Honestly, liar, Newt. Yeah, and uh, Newt is a huge piece of shit. Is what we learned from from (laughs) from from Pickett's inclusion in the story. In many ways, the name Pickett makes sense. He's picky when it comes to choosing a friend. Pickett left his bow truckle family to live with Newt. Pickett has searched for a friend for some time, and now he's found a friend who accepts all his quirks. He will never let Newt go, except when Newt forcibly trades him away. Uh, while it can be difficult to discuss such beloved characters, we is Pickett a beloved character? Beloved. There are so many Funko Pops. It can be difficult to discuss such a beloved character. Yeah, I hate to bring shame upon the name of Pickett, the beloved <laughs> praying mantis. Uh, there are setbacks to being an INF- INFP. Pickett is stubborn, occasionally selfish, and always too afraid to speak up. These qualities can make Pickett closed off. He doesn't off speak. <laughs> that's no that's just how afraid he is if he wasn't an infp he'd be mouthing off all the he time he doesn't have language <laughs> <laughs> oh <laughs> we know so little about pickett because he's too afraid to be the center of attention <laughs> this is too bad because we can all benefit from having a little extra picket in our lives <sighs> Another factor is that INF personalities take everything too seriously and view every catastrophe that happens as their own fault. Pickett is easily insulted and finds himself running away to Newt's pocket to hide, even if it was Newt who upset him. This has to do with INFPs being so emotionally charged. Pickett allows his emotions to get the better of him instead of taking a moment to calm down. Pickett is already nervous around other people, especially strangers. When he was the center of attention, when Narlac bartered for him, Pickett couldn't stand it. Yeah, because he was being traded to a goblin named Narlac, who I, I, I he was going to be taken away from his friend Newt because Newt sucks. Desperate to escape, he clung to Newt as if his life depended on it. When Newt saw Pickett getting so upset, it upset him as well. Oh, when he was upset because he was getting getting given away like property. (laughs) That was upsetting. Now, it's important to mention all the amazing things that INFP personalities are capable of doing. Every time I find a new paragraph in this, I'm just tickled. Uh, the, The personality type is energetic and eager to help their friends. Although it takes some coaxing, if Newt needs him, Pickett will crawl out from his pocket and help his friend. INFPs are dedicated to the people they love, making them indispensable friends. Potterheads will never doubt Pickett's loyalty. Um, this is why I don't trust Harry Potter fans when they say that the characters in Harry Potter are very three-dimensional. <laughs> I love this. I love this so much. It's like Pickett's cute. He's a he's a fun little goober. He he 
I've said goober twice in this episode, by the way. Uh, but he's, he's a little guy. He's got big hands. He points at stuff and he goes, Meow. he like makes cool noises. He's a, he's a fun little friend, but he's not a, I don't think he's really a character. Like he's not, he's not out here doing anything in the story. It's kind of the comic relief, right? He's yeah. kind of Olaf the snowman. Except Olaf the snowman has lines. And like a motivation and oh. is a character. I haven't seen the movie. I assumed he did not speak. Wait, really? You didn't know that Olaf spoke? He's he's voiced by terrible news. Josh Gad, I think. He's he's voiced by a very loud comedian. He's 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 constantly talking about being a snowman. He is the funny snowman. Wonderful. Well, so all by the way, all these gifts are sourced from Tumblr, and one of them. Like you, you know what I mean when I when I mean like Tumblr GIF where they oh, like blown, yeah. where they've blown the colors out in a really weird way. There's one that I keep watching that's fascinating where they've like they've they've fucked with like the white balance in such a way that it's like really highlighted that Newt has stubble, which I don't think is something you're really supposed to see in the movies. Like I think he's he's mostly clean shaven, but the way that they've blown the 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 colors out it's like you can see his five o'clock shadow and it just looks wrong like it just it makes him look really weird like Made here, him look all a little more rugged it, 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 like not even rugged that it like, it like looks like he drunk milk and like forgot to wipe it off his lip or something it's very oh, strange no. yeah look at that hmm. i don't i don't think that's what the movie's a, supposed to look shave. like <laughs> newt newt what's going on uh here's the thing we all love picket picket mm-hmm. is a beloved character as we all saw uh-huh but there's another character that we need to discuss here oh sure can you think of i don't know let's just see if you can guess what's another great character from the fantastic beast movies you can think of and, and who who would benefit from being uh typed out like this tina my most hated character in all of Not Harry even Potter. close. Not even close. Uh, uh, I, I am going to reveal to you now who this character is, and you're going to feel like such a fool. You're going to say like, oh, they were on the tip of my tongue. They were who I would have chosen if I had not thought of Tina. Oh, sure, I bet. Dougal the Demiguise has an INTJ personality. There are two Harry Potter characters named Dougal? <laughs> Yeah, that was my reaction. I I was like, Dougal, hang on a second. Unless, unless, hey, McGonagall, wait, McGonagall is in Fantastic Beasts. They retconned it. Yeah. Maybe this is the Dougal she marries. <laughs> she marries Dougal this, the Demiguise. She, do like, she, she loves a good INTJ. Do you remember when we read um, that? uh question like the fan question to jk rowling about um the the evans that wasn't related to lily oh mm-hmm. mark evans That's, yeah this is the this is the new the new version of that what <laughs> Dougal what the is the significance of Dougal the demi guys oh rowling? we really maybe okay jk rowling has like gone back into twitter hibernation i think but yeah. what if we can coax her out with with a good question hey is Dougal the Demi guys the same as the Dougal that McGonagall marries? How are they related? How are they related? Are they know. the same Dougal? Does McGonagall <laughs> marry a Demi guys who gets murdered by Voldemort? <sighs> Dougal the Demi guys may have only shared a few scenes with Newt's commander in Fantastic Beasts. Maybe only a few out, seconds. 
<laughs> I forgot there was even a demiguise in the movie. Uh, but he stands out as one of the more mysterious and lovable fan favorites. There's a link to this. But the oh, the link just goes back to the uh, uh, Picket is an INFP thing. You can't cite yourself. That doesn't work. <laughs> From his adorable name to his beautiful silky fur, Dougal is the creature we all want to learn more about. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. I guess I am asking, you know, how is he related to Dougal, Dougal McGonagall? We've already figured out that Pickett the Bow Truckle has an INFP personality, according to the Myers-Briggs personality test. For Dougal, Wait, what? We, we did? <laughs> MuggleNet, look, MuggleNet is ironclad. What they what they declare goes. They figured it out. They, they have figured out that bow, bow Truckles are INFPs. So it's time to apply that to demiguises, I suppose. According to all the traits, Dougal would be an INTJ, which means that he has the architect personality. The architect personality is made up of introverts who use intuitive thinking to make their judgments. One of the main traits that the architects are famous for is thinking 10 steps ahead. I feel like I'm going to this... get called out by this article. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I, I think last time I took Myers-Briggs, I was INFP, so I was, I was called out by the previous one, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, this certainly fits with the personality of a demiguise. Demiguises are incredibly intuitive as they are able to predict visions of future events. Dougal is always thinking ahead. And when Newton is friends... That's not intuition, that's magic. <laughs> uh, when Newt and his friends sneak up on him, he goes into a trance to predict the future. Two other characteristics that match with Dougal are the architect's curiosity and private nature. Dougal is certainly curious when he visits Macy's department store. He explores the store like it's all a big game to him. As for privacy, Dougal is likely Newt's most quiet creature. We never hear Dougal make a sound in his interactions with Newt, and Dougal prefers to be left alone. I think it's less that he prefers to be left alone and more that he's just not in the movie most of the time. <laughs> he's just a little, he's a little, little monkey man. That's about it. Architects are one of the most brilliant personality types, and Dougal is easily one of Newt's more clever creatures. Part of Dougal's ability in eluding capture has to do with him being invisible, but it's also his intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> really running ahead of the criticism here. Like, mm. now you may remember that the demigods can go invisible, but consider he's also very smart. For a creature that spends most of his time alone, he acutely understands wizards. When Newt comes to fetch Dougal at Macy's, Dougal isn't surprised to was see Newt. Was it a Macy's? Like, was it a branded Macy's in the film? I, I feel like I would have remembered that. I thought it think was just... It, like a de- yeah, I don't know if it was actually Macy's. It's just like a department store. I don't, I don't... Maybe. I could be wrong. I don't I don't remember. Is there like a local... um, Like a regional turn of phrase that like all department stores are macy's or something i can't i can't figure out why it keeps saying that they were at macy's i mean like macy's would it's one of those things where macy's would be appropriate for new york but i don't remember if i i don't think that the book or the movie ever shows us like the logo or anything sure uh maybe 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 it's a good assumption to make but i feel like that's different than saying like they were at macy's (laughs) right they were just at macy's the entire time um it's as if he expected newt to come get him eventually this intelligent behavior 
can be mistaken for a demiguise being tame. Even though Dougal doesn't appear alarmed, he still has a mind of his own. This has to do with architects being emotionally reserved and having a calculated personality. Dougal doesn't lash out at Newt. Instead, he chooses to think of a plan to escape from Newt. I love this. This is like the uh, Khan got himself captured in the Star Trek Into, da- into Darkness. What a wonderful cause, film. Because <laughs> he knew that he could get to Kirk easier that way. Mm-hmm. Like, Dougal's like, ah, I'm going to go to Macy's on purpose and, and let <laughs> Newt capture me so that I can do demiguise crimes. Given that the architect's personality is associated with evil, emotionless people, oh, I like the idea of Dougal rude. having this personality type. Dougal is a perfect example of a being who is quiet and serious, but still lovely. It's easy to think that an invisible creature with supreme genius could be a threat. <laughs> but all demiguises are peaceful. While Dougal supreme values his... Supreme genius. Supreme genius, Dougal. Uh... But all demiguises are peaceful. While Dougal values his freedom, he never threatens or attempts to hurt Newt and his friends. This is what interested me in writing about Dougal in the first He's place. He's a little monkey. <laughs> he's, a, he's a little. He's a little chimpanzee. He's. Oh my god. Uh, uh, he isn't a violent creature. Instead, he appears kind. Newt remarks with surprise on how Dougal cares for another creature, an Akami. Maybe Dougal was feeling lonely and befriended the Akami. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, those with the architect personality uh, value friends who are their equals in intelligence and intuitiveness. Maybe this is why Dougal gets along with Newt and his friends. At first, Dougal tries to escape from Newt at Macy's. Eventually, maybe Mugglenet <laughs> has like a marketing deal with Macy's. I mentioned it a lot. Eventually, Dougal comes around and even sticks close to Jacob. One moment when this is evident is when the audience sees Dougal hugging Jacob's shoulders. Later, once Dougal is returned to Newt's case, he appears content and calm. Another moment is when we see Dougal holding Jacob's hand and walking with him. And there's a very good gif of Dougal and, and Jacob just holding hands and walking around. That's this adorable. Uh, I mean, they're right. The, he, the Demi guys is kind of cute. Um, what architects need are friends who are like them, and Newt is certainly a shy, perceptive man who could get along with the Demi guys. Newt, Jacob, Queenie, and Tina are all smart and kind-hearted people, just the sort of people Dougal wants to be friends with. This is especially evident with Newt and Jacob. Newt is one of the few wizards who can predict what Dougal is planning. Jacob what? is a hack. <laughs> so they're both planning. Well, because I don't know if Newt is an INTJ. It seems like Newt is getting assigned personality traits based on these creatures that have personality traits i wonder what that's about i wonder if these creatures are in the story to tell us something about our <laughs> to main tell character, us about the character. <laughs> oh my god uh but if but you know i i like if, if 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 we say like newt is an ifp and dougal is an intj that means that do du- uh dougal is still like two steps ahead of of uh, you know maybe maybe newt's thinking like eight steps ahead or so and dougal's yeah. like watch this this is especially evident with newt and jacob newt is one of the few wizards who can predict what dougal is planning jacob is a happy-go-lucky man who is trustworthy and gentle which is probably why dougal sticks close to him one of the weaknesses of this personality type is their tendency to overanalyze something that dougal definitely does oh dougal's dougal's <laughs> always fucking overanalyzing stuff <laughs> I wish he would just stop overanalyzing and and make a decision. Dougal, just live in the moment, please. 
Uh, however, Newt is a great friend for Dougal to have because Newt values Dougal's analytical nature. When? When does that happen? <laughs> that sounds really cool. If like if like Newt was like, "Hello, Dougal, I need some help. Can you help me analyze this this this, this problem?" And then the monkey sits down and like solves a problem for him. That'd be cute. That doesn't happen. He, no, he steals a purse from Macy's. He does not. He, he steals a purse from Macy's and runs around. Do you agree with this assessment of Dougal? What other magical creatures have Myers Briggs personalities? No, Let us know in none the of them. Below. No, I don't agree. <laughs> there are zero comments. No one has suggested anything. I'm really sad about that, actually. Like, I I would love I would love to know how many other creatures there are. Unfortunately, those are the only two. Only Pickett and Dougal have been uh, analyzed, so we have no no other recourse. I guess it's up to us to assign uh, uh, personality traits to all of the uh, little animals that appear in the movies later yeah, on. Yeah, I guess so. Like, uh, the Festral is an extrovert, because it, it comes to Harry when he shows him food. He's like, hell yeah, give me some meat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just can't get over the demi guys seriously is in the movie for like 90 seconds if that like it's it's just all like physical comedy too yeah he's a little monkey and he grabs a purse and then they they trick him into running into a room and and then they get him and then he's like aha you got me i guess i'll go back in the suitcase now he's like a video game collectible he just goes in he just goes back in the thing he's like okay you got me you win but maybe that's just part of his architect's plan, you know? Oh, probably. We underestimate him. Just <laughs> what he wants. We've underestimated Dougal. Do- we've captured Dougal, but it was all part of his plan. Now he's in the glass, but his masterminded uh, uh, world domination plot is unfolding. And there's nothing we can do except have Kirk talk to uh, uh, Khan and try to outwit him. Exactly. Well... That's all I have. It's probably time for us to wrap this up, huh? We've got one chapter left. It's so exciting to be this close to the end. Yeah, I um, was on the Harry Potter subreddit and saw someone posted a uh, discussion week question about either the sixth or the seventh book. And I got so excited because none of the words meant anything to me. I was yeah, like, it, we are going to be in, we are going to be bamboozled by these last two books. And I'm so excited. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. We've, we've said it before, but it really, that, that, that thread you sent me just really hammered home. Like, wow. I really, all I remember about book six is that Dumbledore has to drink the juice. Uh-huh. And there's a sword spell there's a book there's a um, book Snape harry kills dumbledore harry gets a book where he doesn't know where it keeps its brain and and he shouldn't have the book slug club slug club oh that's right this is the slughorn book yeah okay so i i do remember that i don't remember anything about him i know that everyone says he's the good slytherin um, we we learn a lot about voldemort And that was what that post was about. And it referenced characters and events that I just have no recollection of. So I'm so excited. Wait, so hang on. Oh, ooh, am I, have I cursed us? Have I, 
have I have I committed a grand folly by saying, oh, I, I hope I wish that this book could tell stories from other perspectives, because doesn't this one have some excruciating chapters from Tom Riddle's perspective or something? Is that it, is that it has? No, it's all pensive memories, if I'm remembering. Oh, correctly. God. Oh, OK, so it is. It's even worse. That's what it is. Great. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. We still have one more chapter to go. So look forward to that. Uh, our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks to them, as always, for letting us use that as our theme song. Uh, you can check them out on Bandcamp, and you can check us out at patreon.com slash shriekcast. We have some excellent bonus content for you there, as always. Uh, talking about video games, talking about conventions I went to, talking about Fault in Our Stars. The Fault in Our Stars episodes came up recently. Someone was asking about those. Hmm. What are we going to read next week? It's the last chapter. Lay it on me. That's a good question. I threw my book across the room. I can't imagine <laughs> why. Because um, <laughs> so it's so good. You were like, oh, I can't keep this near me. I'm going to be so distracted rereading it, it. It's so good. So I'm scrolling on the Harry Potter wiki, Order of the Phoenix chapters to find what chapter we're on. And it is chapter 38. The second war begins. This second is war. war. Oh, this is war. I thought this it already began, chapter. but I guess it's about to begin. It's a it's it's really it's really kicking off this time. I do have the book in front of me uh, and there's a beautiful illustration of Mad-Eye Moody. Someone who I cannot even fathom who the fuck they are. Is that Bill Beasley? <laughs> Is that Lupin? I have no clue who the fuck that's supposed to be. And then Tonks wearing a cool Tonks is wearing a band shirt uh, and has Jinko jeans on. And I'm not that's not a joke. She is actually wearing Jinkos. That is She's wonderful. Got- I have also made another discovery. I'm sorry to make this 11th hour discovery in our podcast. Uh oh. But Uh-oh. on the Harry Potter wiki, if you search for the chapters in a book, it literally lists with links in each chapter every new character that gets introduced. Oh, good. So, for example, chapter 35, Beyond the Veil, Jugson, unidentified mm-hmm. female seer, unidentified male seer. Um, <laughs> and I just want you to know, for chapter 38, the chapter we're going to read for next week, The Second War Begins, here's our list of new characters that oh, are going to be no. introduced. I'm sorry for these spoilers. One, Dr. Ubley, <laughs> um, Pandora Lovegood, and Mrs. Goyle. <sighs> Who is Dr. Ubley? Dr. Ubley. Who is Dr. Ubley? I cannot wait to find out. <laughs> oh, no, you can't do this. <laughs> Dr. Ubley's oblivious unction was a medicinal potion given to Ron Weasley by Poppy Pomfrey after he had been attacked by brains. And then it says (laughs) on the sidebar, inventors, Dr. Ubley, parentheses, presumably. Fuck you. (laughs) You can't. (laughs) He invented the brain cream. You can't do that. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Ubley, for presumably inventing <laughs> the brain ointment. Jesus Christ. Well, we got to savor this one because this is going to be our second to last Umbridge murder, I think. Absolutely. Trick her into insulting Harry Potter in front of Ginny Weasley.
she'll probably resemble a diced up blast ended scroot when Ginny is done with her. Gruesome. Who who dices up a blast ended scroot? Yeah, blast ended scroots are adorable. This, excuse me, the blast ended scoots, as blast we learned last scoots. week. Blast ended squirts. Flute piano says, ah ha 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 ha. Yes, Ginny, you go, girl. Yeah, I'm insane. Don't listen to me. Oh, shit. Is it yes, Y-E-S, or is it yes, Y-A-S? It's Y-E-S. Oh. Flute flute piano restrained on Mm. this one. Okay. It is in all caps, though. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that that we have Dr. Ubley to look forward to, but even, even so... Please, please read another book. Please read another book. Going to the green, but there's a lady here that makes ocean rolls seem tame. Better know what you're after if you catch her eye. Because this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.